Welcome back to Force 5. This is part two of Top 5 Lewis Logic Top 5 List Topics with Lewis Logic. That's a mouthful. Now let's get to the the more fun stuff in terms of like just maybe some surprises. Um, first, we'll do Top 5 Current HBO Shows. And I chose this one specifically because I didn't want to call out shows like Game of Thrones or what have you. Uh, sure. I'm trying to talk about stuff that is literally still running or just came out. And so these are like my top five favorite current HBO shows um, in order of uh, least favorite to most favorite. Uh, number five, Watchmen. Great show. Yeah, really, really cool show. Strange take on the Watchmen universe. If you've seen the film or you read the graphic novels, you might be like, wow, how many interpretations of this universe have there been? Um, it's, it's really zany and it's, it's also, uh, super educational on like black injustice. Yeah. And was maybe the first place. A lot of people, uh, present company included got a, a close look at the Tulsa massacre right there with you. I had no idea that that had occurred until I watched the show. Yeah. I had heard allusions to the idea of black wall street before, but I didn't know anything about this massacre that involved like white supremacists and KKK people flying in planes and dropping bombs on. It's insane. Yeah. It's just nuts. And it's so crazy because it gets left out of all the history books. How the fuck is that not something that should be of paramount importance in teaching history to young people? That's like exactly what I thought of when, when I was watching it and then I looked it up and it was real. Like, how did I not learn about this in school? Yeah, it's nuts. Well, I mean, I think we all know how. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's not a secret. Yeah. Awesome, awesome show. Great acting. Really illuminating. Um, just about its retelling of, of history building in this sci-fi fantasy world. It's it's really cool. I love stuff that does that, that incorporates real history into a retelling that is wrapped in like a sci-fi or fantasy skin. Regina King's so great in there too. Fantastic. Uh and and Yaha Yaha Abdul Mat uh, I forgot his last name. That guy's awesome. Um the guy who plays Dr. Manhattan, really great actor. Uh he has an awesome turn on um the striking Vi- vipers episode of Black Mirror in the most recent season. I love that episode. It's so good. Number four, Barry. These people I take out, they're bad people. The money's good. It's a job. Yep. Hey, man. Are you seeing this beautiful morning? What are you doing? How are you? What am I doing? I'm set up here like you asked me to. Oh, right. Duh. This heat is urgent. This is Ryan Madison. Familiar to my slaughterous thoughts. Hey, man. Are you new to this class? Help me out. Ryan, you're up. I'm going to do the scene with him. And action. What do I... I don't know what to say. Wow. Wow. The acting class made me feel really good. I feel really motivated right now. These are professional actors. They're the real deal, and they say I got something. You're a killer, Mary. Acting to direct conflict, being someone who anonymously kills people. Really surprised me, that show. The first season, I thought it was like hammy and really silly. Fun, but mostly I was watching it for the stellar performance that Henry Winkler turns in as Gene M. Cousineau. 
really, really amazing performance. There's a scene where he says goodbye to the black detective that he falls in love with. And he bites down on his teeth like Iceman in Top Gun. It's so good. It's worth rewatching the entirety of Barry season one just to see that one scene. Not surprising that Winkler won an Emmy for it. Uh, I would have been pissed had he not. Really, really amazing performance. Season two, oh my God, absolutely insane. Like uncut gems level anxiety inducing. (laughs) So, so fun. And the the Hero Mirai episode with the little girl who knows karate. Yes, it's called Ronnie Lily. It's one of the best episodes of TV of all time. Yes. Thank you, Jason. Yeah, you and I, we could totally just be like buddies. We like hung out all the time. (laughs) We have such similar shared taste for like the weirder parts of things. Ronnie Lilly is easily my favorite comedy show episode of maybe even the last five, 10 years. So kooky. And that's, you know, saying a lot considering that like Atlanta exists because that is a fantastic show. Um, and, yep. and equally kooky. Like every episode is as kooky as Ronnie Lilly. But this the, the madness of that episode it's pure genius. Um, and for that reason alone, like Barry is on my list for the Ronnie Lilly episode. Uh, but season yeah. two as a whole, is just so thrilling uh, and really, really fun to watch. So my number four is Barry. Number three, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, the documentary about Michelle McNamara, Patton Oswalt's wife who died a few years back. Rest in peace to Michelle McNamara. She gets really into writing true crime blogs. And in the beginning, it's just a hobby of hers because she's a writer. Um, And it eventually blossoms into her getting really focused and interested in the Golden State Killer, um, who had multiple names over the course of his reign of terror because he was operating in a variety of different facets of violation, not just murder. He was also a serial rapist and was so unbelievably prolific as a sociopathological, um, really like purely evil person, just going around terrorizing entire sections of California. It is an unreal documentary um, that also like Uncut Gems will just fill you with anxiety like the whole way through. So thrilling to watch. So well made. Probably the best HBO documentary since The Jinx. Oh, I got to see it now then because I love The Jinx. Yeah. Oh, dude, it'll definitely fill the void left in your life by The Jinx being done and watched. So that's my number three. Number two, uh, and, and I have to put this one on the list because it has so consistently delivered for me to keep me from completely losing my fucking shit <laughs> in this horrible time that we're living through. Uh, last week tonight with John Oliver. John Oliver, you're not going to hear this, but you are a national treasure. Or maybe you will hear this. Um, that would be <laughs> rad if you did. You're a national treasure. Thank you for coming to this country and deciding to make it your home. I I don't know what I would do without the half hour of, as, as Dak Shepard puts it, uh, and with his wife, Kristen Bell, on his podcast, that half hour of church that I go to every Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> You're a gift, good sir. Um, please keep fighting the good fight. Your Danbury, Connecticut tryst was genius. Absolute genius. 
Number one, uh, and I chose this one because it's the first show on HBO since like the the big ones like The Wire and Game of Thrones and Sopranos uh, and Six Feet Under that I am completely enamored with and like so eagerly, feverishly awaiting season two. Uh, and that would be Euphoria. At some point, you make a choice about who you are and what you want. Hey, I'm Rue. I'm an addict. You're about to start a brand new chapter. Some new girl in town that I think you're going to be friends with. I'm Rue. I'm Jules. Just a gorgeous, gorgeous show. Um, and if you're like me, somebody who made it their business to drink and do drugs, uh, Euphoria will hit really, really close to home for you. Um, it's a high school story that follows as its main character the trials and tribulations of a serious drug addict played by Zendaya, who or Zendaya rather, who uh, turns in like a Meryl Streep level performance on the show. The costuming is amazing. Um, I don't know where you sit on this, Jason, but I I'm a fashion nerd. I love fashion. The Makeup work is amazing. The musical score by English singer, songwriter, producer Labyrinth is fucking incredible. Even listening to it just as a score alone, it, it's worth watching the show. Uh, and then pitch perfect acting performances and casting for the new kid who comes to school, modernizing the twist that you see played out in 80s teen comedies like Mischief when a leather jacket wearing motorcycle riding kid shows up to a suburb. Instead, you have a young trans woman showing up to a sheltered but disturbed under the surface suburb um, in Tampa. So, so good. And then the classic high school villain, like the popular jock who has like serious issues around homoeroticism and latent homosexual desires and tendencies that he doesn't understand being played out. Just an awesome villain. And then the disturbing, but equally sad and like pity worthy storyline of that jock's father, who obviously molded his son in his own image, who is living out his secret homosexual life in hotel rooms on Grinder. Just a really powerful, profound show for me as a person in recovery, like the accuracy of the alcohol and the drug abuse in the show is like stunning. The other thing that I want to bring up about Euphoria that I think is another just incredible turn of what you've seen traditionally in Hollywood in the same way that replacing the new kid at school from being like a leather wearing motorcycle rider to a, a trans woman, um, Euphoria turns on its head your expectations around film and television nudity where women have been used for decades to titillate audiences and make your skin crawl or, or you know, to give you goosebumps. Instead of tits and ass, the show is super heavy on dicks and full frontal male nudity. 
which I, I find to be like jarring and super thrilling because the show like pushes buttons in you uh, and really elicits an emotional reaction because you're not used to seeing that be the primary driver of nudity in an edgy show. Um, and so I really appreciated Euphoria for its bravery in that regard. And as someone who would not identify himself despite being married to a woman and having a son as being exactly straight, I just thought it was hot and awesome. Um, so Euphoria is my number one. I haven't seen Euphoria, so I really need to get on that, I guess. Oh, man, check it out. It's really, really good. It's very well made. The The initial opening montage is, you know, lightly heavy-handed. Just keep watching. Like, the show gets so, so, so good. By the end of the first episode, you you will definitely hit play on the second one. It's really, really good. Yeah, I've heard amazing things. And obviously, uh, Zendaya just got the emmy for best actress yeah, so she's fucking rad man i've heard it was well deserved yeah indeed uh i had two on there that you have barry was my number one barry nice. is like one of my favorite tv shows brilliant show going right now it's yeah it's so good and i can't really say anything that you left off although i will say that as good as as uh gene Cousineau, as good as uh, henry winkler as as gene bill Hader puts forward like an amazing performance in every episode in that show. Oh and God, if you're yeah. only used to him being a comedian, like this will show you he how much range he really has. It's so good. His depth is unreal. It's it's very, very cool. And I, there were some hints of it. Um, he did that Skeleton Twins movie with uh, Kristen Wiig. But this is like a tour de force performance for sure. I agree. So good. And then uh, last week tonight, I had on there as well, John Oliver, nice. just like you said, he is an American treasure. Yeah, he he has educated me on so many things uh, and enlightened me to so many things that I hadn't necessarily researched. He just puts it all out there. It's entertaining as well. So it's going to make you laugh your ass off. But at the end of the day, it might make you sad, but at least you'll be educated. Hell yeah. I couldn't agree more. I've learned so much from that show. So I'll start with what was going to be my number five. Uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Still mm. going. Yep. Amazing show. I got to be a good guy. Yeah, you will look like a good guy here. But I don't really want to be a good guy. I know. You're way outside the line. You're taking up two spaces. Why don't you mind your own business? You're going to have a dog, you have to have a bag. Really because the dog that. without the bag, it's incomplete. Why do you want to eat with me? We never get a chance to eat in L.A. Because we're not friends. Hey, I was here first. I'm getting the kid. Are you upstream me? Jackass. That's anarchy. We could talk till we're blue in the face. I can't turn blue. Black's blush. What is the matter with you? I have a sickness in my brain. You have a sickness in your mind. You're not the center of the universe. You disgraced my business. You are a colossal prick. Please don't hurt me. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. I don't think it's as good now as it was when it first started airing because they they get so off the rails now where it's like you're into these situations where it's just not believable. Whereas in the beginning, it's like, okay, this could happen, but still really funny. And JB smooth on there. He's so funny as kind of the, the sidekick to Larry in these later seasons. It's just so good. Speaking of fashion, JB smooth is, uh, one sharp operator. Have you ever seen that dude? Like on TV? Oh yeah. Like his suit game is fucking incredible, man. And I'm really into like three-piece suits. I love shit like that. I have a nice collection. But that guy is not to be toyed with on the bespoke suit game. I'm interested to see what he comes up with next because, and, and they kind of outline this in one of the seasons of Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's basically Seinfeld with fucks. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, shit. That's really funny. 
if you're a fan of Seinfeld, you got to be a fan of Curb. Let's see. My number four was going to be Westworld. Ah, yeah. Really cool show. Very fun. The cool thing about Westworld is that it can literally go anywhere because it's in this future that can recreate different periods of time. So you never really know where they're going to go with it. And then this season, they added Aaron Paul, who is one of my favorite actors now of anything after he's his role as Jesse in Breaking Bad. So yeah, he's rad, man. I, I very much love Aaron Paul. I agree. Yeah. And he's a great human being, too, which makes it even more fun to watch him on screen. My number one, well, I'll push this to my number one. It's a kind of a newer show called Succession. Everything I've done in my life, I've done for my children. I know I've made mistakes, but I've always tried to do the best by them because I love them. Have you thought about the possibility that your children are actually scared of you? Oh, fuck off. I want a broadcast network. I don't want to see what other news operations we can sweep up. Local TV? Dad, nobody watches TV. Why shouldn't we do all the news? Uh, well, Kim Jong Pop, because that's not how things work in this country. We have a major problem. He's erratic. He's making bad decisions. If he's not careful, he's going to destroy the company. Emily, are you going to do something? I think I'm the best option. Oh, right, because you like playing boss? Everybody keeps telling me this. One of my other best friends, Jed, told me that I need to watch this show. Um, that's It's his favorite show on TV right now, and I, I don't take his recommendations lightly. Um, he directed my first music video, the, the Great Divide, and has been like instrumental part of my life um, in a lot of ways, in, including having introduced me to the woman I ended up marrying. It's a show about people you're going to instantly hate, but it's so well written that you can't look away. It's got a <laughs> Just this amazing cast. Uh, Brian Cox plays this kind of patriarch who's going to uh, essentially hand down his legacy to one of his children. And they're all kind of volleying for position on this. Jeremy Strong's in there as this character named Kendall, who is you just want to punch him in the face every time you see him. <laughs> and then there's Kieran Culkin. Man, watch the first episode of this and tell me that you you just don't want to punch Kieran Culkin through the TV. Oh, that's so funny. What's really funny about that is maybe six or seven months ago, I was taking a friend to check out this condo in uh, the East Village in New York, and we went to a coffee shop afterward, and I was wearing my son, because he was really young back then. Yeah. And Kieran Culkin walked in and saw me wearing my son and his face just lit up and he was like, ah, and then he got his <laughs> coffee and I was sitting at like the, the front bar that faces uh, of the storefront that faces the sidewalk on a, like a bar stool with a big window in my face. And when he left, he turned and like made faces at my kid to try to like make my kid smile. <laughs> I was like, Oh, that's oh, super cool. Yeah. Well, you're not going to like him in this show. He is yeah. like, this is a show that is all about rich white people, but it is so fun to watch just because of the writing and then what these characters think is important and what they go through for that importance as a normal person, like quote unquote normal person. You're just watching this like, look at these douchebags just fall apart. It's such an entertaining watch. I highly recommend Succession. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to check it out. I'm actually more or less out of shit to watch and i resorted to watching like some of the weirder like max originals because i was like I, I don't know what to watch and i've been watching um 
raised by wolves and it is clumsy is, is the best word I can think of to describe it. You know, it's something to watch, which ain't saying too much. Awesome. We got one more category to go. All right. So this is it. Um, the last in my gamut to come up with a really silly meta version of your forced request for me to come up with the top five. <laughs> top five all-time film character falls from grace that result in the protagonist spending all day in a robe. This was so tough for me. Yeah. I'm going to start with one that barely counts for this list just because of like the magnitude of this character um, and how iconic the, the robe is to the character. Uh, the reason I think it doesn't totally qualify for the list or barely does is that you don't see whatever leads this character to their robed state. Uh, and that would be the big Lebowski. Wait, wait, let me, let me explain something to you. Um, I am not Mr. Lebowski. I'm the dude, you know, uh, that or, uh, his dudeness or, uh, duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. Are you employed, Mr. Lebowski? Ah! Employed? You like sex, Mr. Lebowski. Is this your only ID? You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude. Your name's Lebowski, Lebowski. Jeff Lebowski, the other Lebowski, the millionaire. I received this ransom note this morning. This is a bummer, man. They want you to take the money and act his courier. Why man? What the hell is this? My dirty undies, dude. The whites. Let's take that hell! Why should we settle for 20 grand when we can keep the entire million? I know you're mixed up in all this. Playing one side against the other in bed with everybody. Law them. Huh? Fabulous stuff. What? Who's sitting on a million dollars? We want some money. Ah, sitting in the trunk of our car. Where is my damn money? Say, dude, where is your car? Who's got your undies, Walter? Obviously super famous for rocking a robe everywhere he goes all day long. And I just want to say, before I get any further into this list, that the whole way that this particular list even occurred to me to start keeping a list of films where this happened, and I have a pretty lengthy one, is that I noticed it as a recurring pattern when my mother, when she was still alive, um, she died 13 years ago, but she gave me a robe for Christmas one year. And I looked at it and I was like, Hmm. she was like you don't like it and i was like it's not that i don't like it but opening this and putting it on immediately made my mind go to images of heroes in films having fallen from grace and ending up sitting around all day in a bathrobe so i feel like this gift in some way suggests that that's what's going to happen to me so i'm having a hard time appreciating it because all it makes me think of is like is this what you think of me? You think I'm a bathrobe guy? All the listeners now are never going to look at robes the same way. Yeah. So I, I know that bathrobes, like you go to a fancy hotel, they give you like a super plush bathrobe and you're like, wow, this isn't like your days in. This is some fancy shit. But like when you get a bathrobe like at home, like as a gift or whatever, it doesn't really feel that way. It's like something you put on when you're really sad and you feel like shit about yourself where you're like sick or whatever. And not surprisingly, it's a tool that filmmakers use to connote that a character has fallen from grace in some way. And so 
this list is specifically about characters who, you know, at one point were probably normal uh, and have found themselves in extenuating circumstances that led to them running around all day in a bathrobe. So my number five is Big Lebowski, sheerly for the majesty of the bathrobe as like part of his character. Yeah, it's iconic. Yeah, no one really knows whether or not Lebowski ever had anything going for him other than, you know, possibly being a great bowler, although they don't really show you that either in the movie. But that's my number five. Number four, The Jerk. In the history of motion pictures, only a select few performers have become immortalized by the roles they have portrayed. Consider The Vamp, The Champ, The Tramp. And now the most perfect casting of all, Steve Martin, The Jerk. It was never easy for me. I was born a poor black child. Meet Navin Johnson. He's poor. You mean I'm gonna say this color? And he's eager. This is the kind of music that tells me to go out there and be somebody! But Navin... Let him go. Traveling down that lonely road, seeking fortune. Actual live weight guessing. Take a chance and win something. Really super fun, idiotic comedy that has all kinds of humor that wouldn't really fly too well today. But oh, yeah. it's such a fun watch. Um, and you see this idiot character, Nathan, become like wildly rich um, and then lose it all and end up babbling to himself like a homeless person in a bathrobe. Really great performance by Steve Martin. So that's why it's my number four. My number three, Zodiac. Dear Editor, this is the murderer of the two teenagers last Christmas at Lake Herman and the girl on the 4th of July. I want you to print this cipher on the front page of your paper. He wants his code in the afternoon edition. Ray Smith, don't you have my cartoon to finish? The Zodiac Killer has come to San Francisco. Another letter. School children make nice targets. He gave himself a name. Greek, Morse code, astrological signs. This guy's used them all. I like killing people because man is the most dangerous animal of all. How does one do that? I like puzzles. I do them a lot. Got any hard suspects? About uh, 90 an hour. I'm up to around 500. You got four crime scenes. Not a single usable print. You can't think of this case in normal police terms. He's breaking the pattern. Glenda said you were a cartoonist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing at a gun range? I just want to help. What are you, some kind of boy scout? Eagle scout, actually. First class. Oh, I've been thinking. Oh, God, say it was someone. There's no evidence, Robert. What do you mean there's no evidence? You have him seen with the ciphers, the military boot prints, the bloody knife. All circumstantial. Why do you need to do this? Because nobody else will. Dave, you made a mistake! Get away from the window. Paul, are you okay? No. Why'd you do it? You put your face out there for him to see. Robert Downey Jr.'s character is a writer. Oh, that's a great poll. Thank you. For the San Francisco Chronicle. Really renowned paper super renowned writer even finds himself entangled in a conflict with a fucking serial killer uh, to the extent that he's receiving letters that become evidence in the case against the Zodiac killer. And people are making buttons and t-shirts that say, I am not Paul Avery. Um, so as to not get themselves killed 
you know, people who work in, in media. Avery is very obviously an alcoholic, another thing that I can very much relate to. And over the course of his obsession with the Zodiac case begins to unravel and is drinking at such an outrageous rate that it, it drives him into an unmanageable state whereby you find him toward the end of the film living in Sacramento, having been relegated to writing for the Sacramento Bee um, and living in a houseboat, sitting around playing video games all day, playing Pong uh, in a <laughs> bathrobe. Amazing fall from grace and unreal performance by Robert Downey Jr. Just pitch perfect. Um, definitely one of my favorite falls from grace. So that's my number three. Uh, number two, uh, Fight Club, baby. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. Why? How much can you know about yourself if you've never been in a fight? Wait, let me start earlier. Like many of you, I was stuck. You want me to deprioritize my current reports yeah. until you advise of a status upgrade? Make these your primary action items. I couldn't sleep. No, you can't die from insomnia. I'd flip through catalogs and wonder, what kind of dining set defines me as a person? This is your life, and it's ending one minute at a time. I prayed for a different life. Soap. I make and I sell soap. And this is how I met Tyler Durden. Come on, hit me before I lose my nerve. Okay. Ow! It hit me in the ear! It was on the tip of everyone's tongue. Can I be next? We just gave it a name. Gentlemen, welcome to Fight Club. The first rule of Fight Club is... Wow, nice. You do not talk about Fight Club. Is that your blood? Some of it, yeah. After Fight Club, we all started seeing things differently. You're gonna have to keep me up all night. She ruined everything. You're not into her, are you? No. God, not at all. We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. He had a plan. Gotta have Fight Club on this list. Everybody loves watching Ed Norton, his somehow seemingly nameless character that a lot of people have taken to calling Jack for the monologues in which he uh, reads from a book about a prototypical man's body. I am Jack's colon. I get cancer. I kill Jack. That character's de-evolution or evolution, depending on how you look at it, because in the end he does really find himself freed from the constraints that make most of us miserable. Um, yep. Although he's obviously like way off the deep end and in an unhealthy headspace. Ideally, you wouldn't have to go completely mad to cut the ties that so many of us have to the things we think we own that ultimately end up owning us, as Tyler Durden so eloquently puts it. One of my favorite falls from grace, by the end of the film, he's running around like a crazy person in a bathrobe trying to unwind Tyler's plot. Really, really awesome performances by both actors. My favorite of each of their careers. And a great ending scene, too. Oh, like, my God. Just, uh, just gold. That is a pitch-perfect movie. Yeah, you could put that on a poster. It would be perfect. Really, really awesome movie. And so prescient. Oh, yeah. You know, for how things were going to unfold. I think Fight Club is probably more telling about the times we live in now than maybe any movie from that time period, other than maybe Idiocracy. 
It's funny that you say that because I got one that I'm going to argue and on my list that is uh, even more prescient today. Yeah, and, and obviously, like I, I share an opinion about idiocracy in that way, and and I'm, I'm sure there are others. Uh, so, Fight Club um, for Ed Norton's descent into bathrobedom, um, and then topping <laughs> off my list at number one is Family Man Richard Dreyfus completely unwinding in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. What do you want? I just want to know that it's. It's really happening. We recently had a close encounter. Close encounter with something very unusual. Who are you people? Boys! One, two, three. I'm seeing this shape. Damn it, I know this. I know what this is. This means something. What did you expect to find? An answer. Over the visions that he's given of Devil's Tower in Wyoming, which if you haven't been to in person, is well worth the visit. Such an insane piece of, of geological wonder. Really, really beautiful. Kooky-ass surroundings, too, like the community around there. Awesome, awesome tourist attraction. I highly recommend it if you haven't been. And if you are a fan of the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind, seeing that thing up close in person is like really overwhelming uh, and jarring emotionally. I highly recommend making the pilgrimage for fans of that flick. You see Richard Dreyfuss's character struggling so hard to be understood in that movie. And what's so sad about the film to me is that He's not making any of it up, but nobody believes him or understands why he's coming apart. And there are scenes where he's running around the house in the bathrobe, increasingly building on the scale of what he's seeing in his head as he tries to create a model of what his mind's eye is showing him that he can't quite put into words. You see him like crying to his wife for understanding uh, played by Terry Gar, awesome 80s actress. Um, and I just felt such sympathy for this guy. He was just a, a hardworking, regular average Joe who had a wife and kids and um, didn't ask for this vision that ultimately results in him being like one of the chosen people um, who gets to have the first ever real contact with aliens that's documented and known about. Um, really, really cool story. Excellent fall from grace, followed by an incredible recovery uh, that is so vindicating. Um, and special effects that I think are just like incredible for their time period. They look more real than most of the special effects that I see now, which to me often look like a video game, not like reality. Really, really fantastic film. Maybe my favorite, Steven Spielberg. Um, so that's my number one for um, classic protagonist falls from grace that result in all day in a bathrobe. Great picks. Thank you. Uh, two of them were on my list. The Jerk was the first one that came to mind. Nice. Which is, like you said, hilarious. And definitely, if you watch it now, it's going to make you uncomfortable with the jokes that are in there. But I still think it's really funny. I grew up with this one. so Same. Yeah, I love it. And odd that it was literally based on a line that Steve Martin would say on SNL and like he built 
he built his whole movie around that one line. Oh, that's funny. And then I had Fight Club on there, of course. You can't have a list like this without Fight Club on there. Yeah, definitely. All right, so this was, like I said, it was really hard for me. So I came up with two, and then I've got one that it's not going to count, but I feel like if the movie kept going, we would see him in a bathrobe all day. <laughs> nice. and it's a great unraveling, so I wanted to talk about it. So first, the ones with actual robes. I got to throw mall rats on there. I've never met a person who lives in as much fear of his mother as you do. You know what I should tell my mother what we do in here at night? What, that you play video games and I fall asleep unfulfilled? Oh, she calls you callow in here. You say that like it's bad. Well, it means frightened and weak-willed. That was the only part of the letter I thought was complimentary. This is Brody's private hell. Where the hell did that come from? What's going on here? And these... Brody man, Nucci Nucci's... ...are his friends. Ow! Oh, sorry. It's all right. Oh, yeah. Excellent choice. You don't get to see the fallout, but you hear about the fallout with uh, the character T.S. Quint, played by um, Jason London. And he's spending all day in a bathrobe because uh, his girlfriend just broke up with him. They were supposed to, he was going to propose to her at Universal Studios. And then, uh, yeah, yeah. One thing leads to another, yep, and they break up. And so Jason Lee comes over to try and push him out of the house, and he's sitting there in a bathrobe. Yeah, I mean, it's really everything that gives you the story of the movie mall rats because they end up in the mall because of this yeah that's really great man i like that it's, it's almost like a reverse take on the concept itself and my second one is a robe but it's not a bathrobe but more of a hospital robe uh it's from the movie walk hard the dewey cox story oh yeah okay mr cox mr cox give him a minute so Dewey Cox needs to think about his entire life before he plays. From the time he was a boy. Ain't no six-year-old understand the true meaning of the blues. I reckon I might. I done a bad thing. Cut my brother in half. Not bad for your first time. The music. Of Dewey Cox Take my hand has had an effect on people. It's the devil's music. From the guy who brought you Talladega Nights and Superbad. You have got to give up this dream. You're never gonna make it. And maybe you don't believe in me after all. I do believe in you. I just know you're gonna fail. Great film. Cool choice. But at one point, he's uh he's forced to go to prison and then go to rehab and he's kind of like in this nut house joint really funny performance by john c Riley, but he's forced to kind of walk around in this robe all day and it's definitely a fall from grace he's this huge country singer who starts going down this very uh steep decline because of things like drugs and and fame really really funny movie but also a a, a good look at well, a satirical look, but a good look at what could happen in those scenarios. Yeah, that's a really good choice. And and in my opinion, I think that qualifies as a bathrobe moment. I would say so. Now, this last one does not count, but I, I really want to talk about it because, <laughs> number one, it's a great fall from grace. And then number two, it is, to me, one of the most prescient movies that you can watch right now. And it's a movie from 1957 called A Face in the Crowd. Look out for him. He's mean. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is Andy Griffith, another sensational newcomer from Ilya Kazan, who brought you Marlon Brando and James Dean and Carol Baker. Gon' be a free man Loved by millions, an idol of the people. Bye! Bye, Lucy! So long, Luther. You're right to me now. I'll be thinking of you, good people. Boy, I'm glad to shake that dumb. Look, don't try to play the noble defender of the sanctity of marriage with me, Papa Man. You know where you've been some of those nights when Betty was waiting up for you. You know, you hit me and it'll be all over the papers as much as the people love you tonight. You're they can fired. Hit you. I'm not just an entertainer. I'm an influence, a wielder of opinion. A force. A force. Oh, if they ever heard the way that psycho really talks. So if all you've ever known Andy Griffith for was the Andy Griffith show, this movie is going to blow your mind. It's about this country singer who's discovered, and they give him his own radio show. And while he's on this radio show, they basically say, you're going to be on this radio show, but we want you to push certain politicians on this radio show. And this fame goes to his head to the point where he's literally just an asshole with this radio show and he treats people like his sheep whatever i say they're gonna do whatever i say they're gonna believe uh i i hate them i despise them they're all idiots and i might be an idiot but i'm smarter than they are wow dude i have to watch this wow you watch it right now and you're thinking holy shit that's tucker carlson or, holy shit, that's Rush Limbaugh. Like, it's yeah. literally that. Made in 1957. Amazing performance by Andy Griffith. My wife really loves old films, and she's a filmmaker. And so she gets really frustrated with me that I don't want to watch anything that happened before 1970. I'm going to be so excited to bring this to her, and I'm sure she's probably seen it, because she's seen so many of them. But we do movie nights all the time where we take turns picking. I'm going to add that to my list because that sounds awesome. Oh, you got to watch it. Griffith's going to blow your mind. He plays a character named Lonesome Rhodes. Walter Matthau's in there, which I know she'll probably appreciate. Yeah, I'll appreciate it. I love Walter Matthau. But other than the fact that that this thing's in black and white, it does not seem like a movie made in 1957. It's super important. And the breakdown that this character has, I can only imagine that he spends the rest of his days in a bathrobe. Wow. Yeah, I am intrigued, man. Good pick. I co-sign it. I cannot wait to check that movie out. There you have it. Those are Jason Kleberg's top five picks of Lewis's top five lists. It's a mouthful. <laughs> I had it. It is. I had a lot of fun on this episode. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, I'm really happy that you asked me to do it. So did I. That was fucking rad, man. It's time to roll out the carpet for you, my friend. What do you want people to listen to? What do you want people to check out? Where can people go to hear your stuff? Okay, well, I would say the best place for people to go if they want to listen to my music is probably Spotify. My Lewis Logic page there has the entirety of my previous catalog, um, as well as one of the two newest releases that I've been featured on. So currently you can hear uh, Stresselby featuring Blue and Lewis Logic on the song Knuckle Sandwich. Um, there's an amazing video for it on YouTube as well. I highly recommend checking that out. Additionally, I would say um, I have a song coming out with a French producer called Ortist Music, O-R-T-I-S-T Music, um, who just completed a track with me 
my old buddy self-titled and magic most so it's a demigods reunion of sorts uh for the first time in 17 years that i've been on a song with those two guys it's called vainglorious bastards that's exciting yeah it's it's exciting for me too just reliving that era of my rap career through this song uh even listening to it now i'm just like wow this is so weird to hear it kind of makes me feel like i'm a 29 year old kid again um and it's just like a nice mean-spirited romp on a hard-ass beat um that features uh magic most first then self then me but it's a it's a tight song i think you'll like it a lot uh you can find lewis logic music on pretty much any platform if you're gonna go on itunes uh some of his music is under lewis logic and jj brown and then some of it's under jj brown and lewis logic it's kind of weird but just search Lewis Logic, you'll find it. My personal favorite, Misery Loves Comedy. It's one that got me through a lot of relationship stuff. It's equal parts funny and insightful, so go check that out. And listeners, if you want to be a guest on this show, the only requirement is that you love movies and want to talk about them. So if you have a top five list that you want to tackle, email me at force5podcast at gmail.com or head to the website, force5podcast.com, which has a show request form and all kinds of other stuff. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, watch a bunch of stuff that we talked about. Hell yeah. I awoke unaware in a fog of whiskey. Wrapped inside a coke from the hair of the dog that bit me. I was lost and dizzy and still feeling awfully pissy when I noticed my alarm had missed me. God forgive me or release my boss. With all this nausea in me, I just need time off.